Right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who's jamming right now, Patrick? This is Jelly Ellington. He is, of course, part of Jelly's 10th annual Christmas jam happening next Thursday, December 15th at 310 at ACL Live, benefiting the Austin Firefighters Relief and Outreach Fund, and I'll be out there hosting it. My man, Patrick, doing his thing, baby. Doing his thing. He's always doing his thing. Uh, especially with us, so we appreciate them uh, twisting and tweaking the dials behind the scene for us, the real MVP. You can be a part of the show. The Twitterverse is the best way to do it. You can hit me up at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, there are a number of Longhorn-related topics we need to address. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, we can just say congratulations to B. John Robinson for winning the Doak Walker Award. Uh, thought We all thought it was a no-brainer, and it seemed that that was exactly the case. He ended up winning the award. He is uh, now the fourth Longhorn to win the Doak Walker Award, which I believe was created 1989, somewhere around there. Um, Ricky Williams run it twice in 97-98, said Benson run it, uh, the late said Benson run it in 2004, uh, Deontay Foreman in 2016, and Bijan, the latest winner, 2022. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and, and we before we left yesterday, we were thinking that that's who it should have been for, and a lot of Blake Corum people were, you know, kind of upset about that, but again... We always talk about the fact of what did you do to what did you mean to your team, yeah. and and Bijan meant everything to this University of Texas football team. Uh, I'm glad that he got that award because this guy shows up every single day. He puts in that work. We all have talked about if he didn't win a national, what was going to happen? We yeah. failed him, right? Yep. They did not fail him. He he showed up every single day and did his work. So I'm happy for him, and it was a much-deserved award for Bijan Robinson. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Bijan in – let's talk about him and his legacy here at Texas where he stands among all the great running backs. Um, do we have him – he's definitely top five. Do you have him in the top three? I have him – He's he's man, on the he's, cusp. He's right there. I think yeah, right now right you might say he's fourth. He's fourth all time as a rusher behind. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it, uh, he is. Uh, Ricky is number one. He's yes, yeah, Ricky's number one. Mm-hmm. Seth Benson and Earl Campbell. Yep. Uh, so though he's fourth all time behind those guys, so that's <laughs> talk about rarefied air. Yep. Um, he's fourth in touchdowns. Um, he also also I believe is fourth in yards from scrimmage. He is eighth with 33 rushing touchdowns. Um, he is – this is what I love about him, and we may be talking about this now being the new record. Um, he averaged through his career 6.3 yards per rush. That would break Ricky Williams' school record uh, for yards per rushing attempts yeah. if he doesn't play another game on the 40 acres, which we'll discuss here in a second. Which is kind of funny because I looked at Vince Young's yards per carry, and he has a 6.8. 
I need for made for running backs. What yeah, about. it would have to be for running yeah. backs because Vy has a yeah. 6.8, which was shocking to me. And just so everyone can know and make appointment radio, we're gonna have one of the greatest running backs in Texas history on our show here at 4:30 in the Hard Knocks right. Life. Our man Eric Metcalf is going to join us, and I want to ask Eric what he thinks about the ranking of Bijan Robinson in the history of the Texas Longhorns. But to your point, Rod. 6.3 by the running back is a huge, huge number for his career with 33 rushing touchdowns. And, you know, he, I looked, I love that he and, he and Rojo combined this season for 2,134 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns. That's the second most by a running back tandem yep. um, in Texas in any one season, uh, which is behind only uh, Earl Campbell and Ham Jones. Yep. 1977. Yeah, 2,233 uh, yards rushing and 24 touchdowns. I think it's safe to say that if Bijan and Rojo play in the bowl game, which we now know they are not. Dang it. On multiple <laughs> reports. Uh, I said yesterday, uh, it ain't happening. No, <laughs> and no. now the reports are out there. That there were people whispering to me like, eh, it's not. That, yeah, that yeah, ain't yeah. happening. Uh, so uh, and I think we, most Longhorn fans, they probably knew that was uh, going to be the case. But uh, they, if they played in the bowl game, they would have broke that, that record. So where are Bijan and Rojo in the all-time greatest running back tandems in Texas football history? Well, the funny thing about that is, and that's a great question, but what are we basing it off of? If we go off of pure stats. We're going off rushing yardage. I push you in a conversation, but then right. you can have a more nuanced conversation, of course. Right, that's what I'm it. saying. Yeah, if you're looking at raw numbers, then they're number two. Yeah. You know, by the duo that you just mentioned of, of Earl Campbell and Ham Jones. I mean, those are some big numbers that those guys big put numbers, up. Man. And that was a different type of football because it was more about the running game. This is more about the passing game. This era of football, which makes it even greater because most teams like to throw the ball more than they did when Earl was playing. They used to hand it off more. I know, but that's, that's a good point, too. But Bijan should have caught more than 19 receptions, had more than 19 receptions. That, that's kind of on Sark then. Because right. we, we keep Agreed. talking about him being this multifaceted athlete at running back who has this really versatile skill set, and yet they couldn't even get him over 20 receptions. Right. Yeah, it's right. It's, you know what yeah. I mean? Like to me, that's on sorry. Especially in a game against TCU where only have twelve touches and they were all rushes and they shut him down as a traditional running back. You should be able to use him other ways. So to me, just kinda of looking back on it, when I looked at like nineteen receptions, that's it. Right. Now I know three hundred and fourteen receiving yards, that's a lot. Should have been more. It could, yeah, he should have been used a lot more he because we, he, he was the ultimate at, weapon. He should have been at least twenty five, close to I think he should have been close to thirty receptions. He's an ultimate weapon. Reason. So yeah. yes, I would agree with you one hundred percent. We still feel like he was underutilized at the University totally of agree. Texas. Totally so agree. there's so like you said, there's so many nuances that we can really dive into. But if we're going off the raw data, just the straight numbers. You have to look at him as one of the best running backs to ever come through the university, especially with the numbers that he had at the running back position, strictly rushing it. Just rushing. Just yeah. rushing the ball. Yeah. No, no, no question about it. Uh, I mean, obviously, we at Texas can have this conversation because uh, we have an embarrassment of riches to choose yeah. from. And so, you know, Ricky Williams, there's no wrong answer. There is no the way, wrong answer. About where you want to rank these guys. But I think Jamal's underappreciated under, uh, sometimes, Jamal's too. Jamal's under. You know? Honestly, the most underappreciated running back in Texas football history, no joke in my opinion, I'm not joking, just underappreciated period, is probably Hodges Mitchell. 
Because he yeah. gets no love at all. Some of the 1,000-yard running back gets no love. Nobody even mentions Hodges. Yeah. 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 He had multiple 1,000-yard uh, seasons. Nobody even mentions Hodges. And you know what? I get it. I'll throw another it's one like, out It's you. like mentioning Rod Babers when you're talking about the great DBs at Texas. Like, I don't deserve to get mentioned when you're talking about multiple Thorpe Award winners like Aaron Ross and Muff Daddy. Yeah. And he's talking about Jerry Gray and Johnny Johnson and all these other. Like, no. Ray Claiborne. Sorry, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna make about Ray 10 Clay. minutes of talking about right. DBU before we get to Rod B. <laughs> and I don't mind that. It's all good. Same thing with Hodges Mitchell. I just think, you know, he's underappreciated. Nobody talks about him. But, man, 1,000-yard seasons, ain't nothing to sneeze at. And he was a small guy. Yeah. And, and it, was like a, it was like a workhorse. So, there's Brandon, another shout guy out that, to my man Hodges Mitchell. I think, well, <laughs> I'm going to give you one, one more. I think Roosevelt Leaks needs to be talked about a lot Rose, more. Roosevelt Leaks is underappreciated. I mean, he yeah. is definitely one of the guys that is underappreciated totally because agree. of what he was able to do at this university uh, in a short period of time. And even Earl will tell you that. Before him, there was Rosie, and Rosie paved the way for Earl to want to come to the university. So there are so many different ways that we can quantify what makes you a good back, what makes you a great back. But if you look at – I heard uh, B&E talking about that this morning. They were talking about what what university can can put out there what – this university has at the uh, running back position. USC, USC is the only one that USC I USC is in the conversation. Right, for sure. With OJ and Marcus Allen. Oh, my goodness. Charles Bull. White. Yeah, they, yeah. Rick Bell. I mean, that, that might be it, though. Right. I mean, I'm sure somebody, there's another school Billy out there. Billy Sims at Oklahoma. I mean, that, that crew, when they went through it, they had a running back called Buster Rhymes. Do y'all remember that? He was number four. Buster Rhymes was I his swear, name. I swear, I do not yeah. remember that at all. Yes, played for Barry Switzer. That sounds like a prank. Ex- no, his, <laughs> now we know the Buster real Buster Rhymes. That you know is what I'm wild. Saying? Yeah. That but, is yeah, crazy. I look at the University of Texas, and not just because I've been a fan since I was a little kid, but you go back and you look at the history of this run- great university and the running back position. There are so many names on that list that you're like, wait, what? I know. What? Wait, what? Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I'm with you on that. And, you know, Earl Campbell is obviously at the top of that list. Got a trophy me. out there. And, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the statue. The statue, yeah. yeah. And, and Ricky's, Ricky's obviously in a rarefied air in a class of his own, too. But for me, the Earl, because I'm a lovely blue guy. Yep, yep, so yep. I got to love Earl Campbell twice. I, yeah. I loved him first as an Oiler because before I became a Longhorn, I was an Oilers fan in H-Town. Um, and we, I mean, they we worship uh, Earl Campbell down there. And then once I became a Longhorn, then I got to hear all the stories about him as a Longhorn and did my research about him as a as a Longhorn. And, man, Earl Campbell is just, just it's, it's unbelievable. you, you got to go look at Earl Campbell's stats because to me, at, and, and not that his, his stats aren't impressive. Oh, if you look at like the totality of them over a career, that to me is the greatest compliment for a pro football Hall of Famer because he's an eye test Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like literally everybody sitting down at the table was like, do you see him play? Yeah. He in. He's right. In. Right. Like, <laughs> like right. I mean, go look. I think Ricky Williams has more rushing yards, I think, than Earl Campbell. He does. You know what I mean? It's just like they, they, everybody was like, nah, man. He got man, the well. record. He's one. Of, he's yeah. I, I wonder if you did the research about you no know, rushing productivity uh, for all the Pro Football Hall of Famers, where he would rank. Right. Because right. it's just you, all you had to do was see him run the football and go, oh, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. When he busted, and I don't think I'm ever seeing anything like that again. Yeah. When he gored somebody <laughs> with the football. Yeah. No, I actually heard, and I've heard multiple people say this, and I heard Zay bring it up too. Again, they say when you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you look at his highlight video that it's among the best highlight videos in there because it's just freakish yeah. stuff that you've never, ever seen before. You won't ever see it again. You will not. 
Ain't nothing like There's that. Some people say Jim that. Brown was like that. I never saw Jim Brown, so I don't know. If Jim Brown was like that, Lord have mercy on everybody <laughs> that had to tackle Jim Brown. No they, doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy. No doubt. Because Earl Campbell was just, woo. He's a boss. Yeah, man, he just he just did he just did damage yeah. to himself, too. Yeah, but yeah, did, yeah. He was just destructive when he ran the football. Uh, so, so best combinations of running backs, because, you know, Bijan and Rojo, they're behind Earl Campbell and Ham Jones just in terms of the rushing yardage. Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams don't get enough love. Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams in the backfield twice. If you go look at it now, they basically have two uh, of their seasons as a combined tandem in the top five best tandem rushing seasons for a duo backfield at Texas. Yep. Earl Campbell and Ham Jones, they're the best uh, in terms of rushing yardage. Yep, yep. Then it's Bijan and Rojo. Then Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams in 1995. Um, and then I think there's a oh, Chris Gilbert and Steve Wooster yep. in 1968. And then you got Ricky Williams and Sean Mitchell jump on that joint again yep. in 1996. And uh, then Rojo, but Rojo and B. John. Yeah, and they 20, on there twice. Yeah, you got to look at it. I mean, they're on there basically 2021. Uh, Eric Metcalf and Deron Norris, uh, they're on there once too. So it's, I mean, among the best, this is one of the best backfields in Texas football history. Uh, maybe if you really like Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams or Earl Campbell and Ham Jones, you'd have them ahead of them. But I uh, hope we appreciate both of those guys. Speaking of appreciating them, they will not, based on multiple reports, one uh, report from uh, friends over at Inside Texas. Uh, now you have, I think there's a, another report as well confirming it. But they're reporting that you won't see Rojo, Bijan, or DeMarvion Overshone in the bowl game. Right. But those guys are going to uh, pass up on the bowl game. Um, that those guys are going to decide that they are going to start their pro careers early. No surprise, no shock. This has become a trend in college sports, hard. So we're not surprised at all. Um, honestly, I, I probably thought you'd see more uh, than just those three. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good sign. It's only three. And and guys <laughs> that have already, you know, pretty much done what they needed to do at this university. We talk about Demo. I guess we we really haven't talked about him enough and what he no. was able to bring to this university from a position change and then creating this persona at this weak side linebacker where he's been able to float and make plays. And he really grew up this year. He stayed healthy, which was one of the biggest things as well. So I'm happy for him. And then, of course, Rojo, another person who changed positions when he got to the university and did the most that he could at that running back position. And matter of fact, turned himself into a damn good running back. You just brought up the fact of where you would rank those two in the history of the program here for the single season. They've shown up every single time, even though Bijan being the lead dog, every time Rojo got the ball, he did something positive. So I'm happy for all of those guys. I'm not surprised that they're not playing in the game. Mm -hmm. We all thought that would be the right thing to do. Well, I mean, I know I thought it, but people always trying to think, oh, one more game, one more. No, you had them plenty enough. Yep. You had plenty of opportunity. Yeah. No, nah, we good. You should have used him while you had him. Yep. Now it's time for him to go and make that money on the next level. So kudos to those. Congratulations to them. And I would say you've had a very, very eventful career at the University of Texas. Yeah, no question. I mean, B. John Robinson it was special, uh, but so was Rojo. And yes. just and obviously he's a great player, um, but just the, the leadership role that he personified and what he symbolized at Texas. You know, I always say there are two types of football players at Texas, and you can become one or the other. Sometimes you can start out one way and then grow and evolve into something else or devolve uh, at times too. Uh, either you come 
uh, to University of Texas to play for the University of Texas, or you want to play at the University of Texas, and there's a difference, all right? The latter, you just want, hey, you want to see what Texas can do for, for you. Right. All right. Hey, man, what can Texas do for me? What's the NIL deal I can get? Uh, how many connections can I make? Uh, you know, what can I get for free? What are the perks of me uh, being a Texas student athlete? Uh, but then there's a different kind of athlete. Those are the ones who want to play for Texas, and they're trying to do something for the university. Right. Uh, they want to lead the university better than they were found, lead the program better than when they found it. Uh, you know, what's that great JFK quote? Uh, not, you know, and not ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. That is essentially what the guys who came to play for Texas are thinking about. What can I do for the university? That's what Rojo was about, yep. what he could do. And he did a ton for the university, <laughs> a ton. Remember yesterday when we were sitting there trying to figure out, I was like, hey, man, you know he was at the volleyball game today, right? He must be getting ready to get on B-J. that private jet. Yeah. And all of a sudden they were like, nah, man, he's in the – He's in at, the, at Moncrief. Mm-hmm. They were at Moncrief. Their kicking. family in and everybody just kicking it. So that's good stuff, man. Congratulations to him. A, um, an award that we all thought he deserved, and now he finally received it. So I'm impressed with the way he goes about his business. The NIL deal was, was drawn up for people like that. Totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, no question about it. So I'm uh, happy for those guys moving on to the next level. Does you know bring up the question now about who replaces those guys and that productivity? Jonathan Brooks, love be the it. man in the bowl game. Love it. I'm assuming Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue, Jaden Blue yep. uh, will uh, pick up the who the at slack one time there. was the number one running back in the state of Texas. Let's not forget that. Very true. You know, yeah. so he's got some uh, he's got something to prove too. And what what better room than to be in by learning from those two guys, Rojo and Bijan? You're in the right place. So totally agree. and maturing fast. And of course, Tashar Choice being the running back coach that he is, he pushes those kids as best as he possibly can. And it's it's more like what you said. What are you getting out of it? Give me mm-hmm. some. Give me some so I can show it. Give yep. me, give me all of it. Uh, speaking of great running backs. Hard Knock Life. We got the Hard Knocks Life with our man Eric Metcalf, and mm-hmm. we'll talk to him about B. John Robinson, what he expects to see, and what he thought of the Texas season overall. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass. Actually, in studio because we are on the road at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, we're over here at Total Men's at 2701 South Congress doing Toys for Tots. Make sure you drop by and uh, do- donate a couple presents and try to help a kid or a couple kids have a great, excuse me, Christmas. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We call him a lifetime Longhorn and one of the coldest to ever do it at the university because not only did he do it in football, he also did it in track. He is the one and only Eric Metcalf. Eric, how you doing, bro? I'm good. How you doing? 
We're good. We're good. Me and Rob Baber sitting out here trying to do something for the kids over here. That's what we do. That's what we do. Oh, that's that, that's the good thing. Whatever you can do for the kids, uh, underprivileged, and help them get some things for Christmas, you know, that's what we like to do. That's what it's all about, right? No doubt. No doubt. So, Eric, we've been having this conversation, but first off, I wanted to uh, ask you your thoughts on the regular season for the University of Texas. You and I, we text a lot during the football games, and, and you know, you pay attention to a lot of things that's going on at this university. Uh, eight and four was the final regular season number. That's up from five and seven from last year. But what are some of the things that you saw that you saw growth in and some of the things that you still need to see some improvement in? You know, I, I saw a growth in that they were playing harder. They seemed like they knew what they were doing for the most part during this year. Um, and so, I mean, and, and of course they were young. You know, they had a lot of new players, uh, especially with the line, and, and then when Quinn coming in and then being out and then starting back up, it, it, it was different for their offense. So, you know, not having a feel for what it was until the end of the year. So I was, I was pleased with what they did. Um, I didn't like – that they weren't able to finish games, right? We kept getting up on, on teams, and, and, and it just seemed like we were playing not to lose instead of playing to win, and, and, and that's what happened. Hey, uh, you know, let me ask you about how special this backfield is, Eric, because, uh, man, you, what you did on the 40 acres was legendary in a lot of ways. I got a stat, actually, I want to share with you a little bit later about you and about how special uh, your, your skill set was here. But uh, give me your thoughts about Rojo and Bijan uh, and that backfield this year. You even saw some, some 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, made threw in some, some 30, 31 personnel, saw some, you know, some 20 personnel out there. Uh, what are your thoughts about how they utilized the talent they had in the backfield this year? And then give me your overall thoughts about you know, Bijan and Rojo in general. I mean, they, they did a great job of utilizing those guys. And, and it's kind of weird because my pro team the browns are similar right with chubb and, and kareem hunt and so i get to, i get to see it on saturday and sunday but if the coaches did a great job with getting Dijon the ball in the space uh whether it be run through pass or pass and as well as, as rope and so i, I like how they use them I, I i hope that we get them back next year uh but uh we don't we never know and and we'll see but you know those guys are they're great Bijan was is the best running back in the country and got an award yesterday to prove it. And so, you know, it's just I, I just think we're we're on the we're trending in the right di- direction with with the team, not, not only the running backs but the team. And so it it just made it special that these guys pretty much carried that team, and I, and I like how they did it. We're talking to lifetime Longhorn and former NFL great. Uh, Eric Metcalf, who, by the way, is my Aquarius brother. That's how we roll. Shout that's out. how we. That's how we kick it. <laughs> but not only that, he is a uh, legendary Olympic, lifetime. Longhorn. Legendary lifetime. Right. And check this out: two-time NCAA champion. Come on now. In the long jump that he went to the Olympics in. So when you talk about cold-blooded, Man. he's got to be up there. <laughs> and speaking about being cold-blooded and being up there, we've been having this discussion all week about the top running back tandems. How do you rank certain guys? If you go on the surface and look at what's going on at the university, you, you go by the raw numbers. Bijan Robinson is one of the best to ever do it at this university. You rank 13th by just the raw numbers. You rank 13th at this university. So if you had to put your 
Mount Rushmore. You're, you're not allowed to be on it because I know you would be on it. I know how you roll, dog. Oh, yeah, I would. If you were... <laughs> yeah, you know I would. <laughs> if you had to put some other players on that Mount Rushmore, where would you rank Bijan in the history of the university at running back position? Whoa. Right, right. It's, it's a tough question, but, you know, and I don't want to rank guys, but he would be on my Mount Rushmore. I mean, it would be, it would be Earl, of course. It would be Cedric, Ricky, and Bijan. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. I like that. I like that. I like the way you went back because you, you, you recognize talent. Do you feel sometimes that there was some underutilization at times when it comes to Bijan Robinson, or did you like the balance that they showed with him? I like the balance. I mean, you know, when you when you think about how he was used, it's a lot of the time he was here. To be quite frank, the team wasn't very good, right? Right. So he was right. the guy that they had that they had to worry about stopping. So guys were always keen on him. As like this year, as this year progressed and we got better, we had better receivers, a very good tight end. The, the line was blocking well, and, and Quinn was able to throw the ball. It gives him more space, and that's why I like Bijan because he's one of those guys who can do it all. He's like Saquon Barkley to me, right? And and so I I, I think about him. I think about him as a a complete football player, and that's why I like him so much. Because to me, when I think football players, I think what else can you do besides play your position? And he can play his position as a runner he can obviously catch the ball and and he blocks and so that's why I like him so much you know Eric do you watch the modern day game at times and think to yourself you might have been born (laughs) about 15 years 20 years too early because if you weren't now, we celebrate Christian McCaffrey. We're talking about Bijan Robinson, his multifaceted skill set. He can hurt you as a receiver, but also you can line him up in the backfield. You can do so much stuff to weaponize his skill set. And basically, you were that, but the game was antiquated back then. They wanted to play the game in a phone booth, and you're the guy that right. needs to get out in space. And now everybody wants to play in space, which is what was your game back then. Do you ever look at the game now and go, yeah, I think I might have I missed my, my, my time period to be, you know, to, to, to be maximized? Of course I do. I mean, because, you know, when you think, like you said, the Christian McCaffrey's and the Alvin Kamara's and those guys, you, you think about it and it's such that a guy like myself now can play every down because it's all space. You know, back when I was in the league, everything was in between the tackles, so I'm I'm pretty much considered a, a third down back, right? Run some draws from time to time, get a few sweeps and all that. But when it's first and ten, we go with the big guys. And so the way it's played today, I could go three downs, run and pass, uh, and I, I just think about my checks now. Let's talk about the checks. That's so funny that you bring that up, E, because as soon as Christian McCaffrey, as soon as Christian McCaffrey got that check, I called Eric and I was like, Doc. What do you think would have happened? He was like, boy, I tell you what, the checks would have been looking real nice for your boy. <laughs> that's great. Right, man. Yeah, that's man. outstanding. Yes, sir. So, 
so we're talking to Eric Metcalf. And, Eric, obviously Texas is going to the Alamo Bowl once again, but they're getting a familiar foe. You actually happen to be living in the great northwest in Seattle, and now they're getting to play the Washington Huskies. You probably have seen them play quite a bit this year being up in that area. What are your thoughts about the Washington Huskies? I mean, you know, Michael Penix came in here and, and, and done a, a great job for that offense. They, they're able to throw the ball, and they, they, can, they can get it down the field. Their, their, their biggest problem is they can't stop the run. I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping these young players, I don't know who's playing. I hope all our guys play because, first and foremost, I can't be in this city and listen to people talking about our Huskies beat your, your Longhorns. I don't. I do not <laughs> want to go through that. I do not want to go through that because because once it happens, it's not going to be like they beat them one time. They're going to they're going to keep going. Remember last year? That two, remember two years ago? Because they don't ever play. So I'm going to always have to hear it. So I don't want that. Right. <laughs> so we got to find a way to win this game. I don't care who plays because I do not need to listen to that in the city. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The report came out today yep. that Rojo and Bijan and Demo are not going to participate in the uh, Alamo Bowl. It hadn't been official, but multiple outlets have uh, pretty much said the exact same thing. So now you got to look at Jonathan Brooks. You got to get a look at uh, Jaden Blue and whoever else is in that running back room. So you're not going to be able to see those two go at it, but you're going to have Jonathan Brooks who every time he's touched the ball, he's had an opportunity to, to break it to the house. Yeah, yeah, and you gotta, you got to respect those guys' decision because they're trying to move to the next level. And so I, I completely understand that. So now, like you said, with these with Jonathan Brooks and these guys, they can go in there and shine and, and, and – and show their potential, what they have, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So they're good enough. They're, of course, they're not Bijan and Rojo because every and everyone's different. So that's right. up to Sark, to, and that's up. To, so that's up to Sark to use them correctly, put them in the best position to make them successful. And I and I think you do that. And if we, like I said, we're playing these guys, they they don't they're not very good against the run. So I, I think we should run the ball and 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 win. I don't care how we win. I don't care what we do. If we went three two, I don't care. <laughs> hey, you better get a three run home run, baby, because that's all we need right there, right? <laughs> right. We got to win. <laughs> well, we appreciate you jumping on with us. I know you was busy today, but, you know, when Bijan went in the Doak Walker Award, I thought it was only right, especially because that conversation of one of the top running backs in the history of the Texas Longhorns. And, of course, I had to get my man Eric Metcalf on the show and let the people hear his thoughts, man. Appreciate you jumping on with us, E. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. There he is, my man, Eric Metcalf, one of the coldest Legendary to ever do it. That dude used to jump over the top like it was nothing. Obviously, as a long jump champion and headed to the Olympics, went to the Olympics as well, yep. he was so smooth. And you're right. He was definitely one of the guys that we talk about it all the time. Robbie, if you were born a little bit later, what would have been happening? Harbaugh, what would you be doing if that was happening? He is definitely in that conversation as yep. well because the way the running back position is now being used, mm -hmm. 
Oh, my goodness. Them checks would have been super fat for yeah. my dog. Those are the guys you prefer now are the Eric Metcalf skill set over the bruisers that right. wanted to play in between the tackles inside a phone booth essentially back in the day. And now, I mean, that guy, like I said, he, he's right, though. He would have he signed a huge <laughs> deal. And, like I said, he would have been – his stats would have been unbelievable because he's a guy you could have lined up at wide receiver. He could have just be could have beat corners. Absolutely. Now. I mean, could beat corners on deep nine routes down the field or you can line him up inside, work him as a slot receiver. Yeah, uh, I know he thinks about that kind of stuff often, just looking at the game now. One great stat I always throw out there about Eric Metcalf, there have been two players basically in the last, man, it's basically you got to go back probably the last 30-something years that have had at least 30 rushes and 40 receptions in the same season. Uh, Chris Obanaya did in 2008, mm -hmm. and Eric Metcalf did it in 19, I think the last time he did it was 1988. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, it's, and he did it twice, by the way. He did it in 1986, 1988. Nobody on the 40 acres has done it since. Had at least 30 rushes and 40 receptions in a season. So Chris Obanaya did it in 2008, and then Eric Metcalf, 20 years before that, did it in 1988. It's a rare feat. just shows you the versatility it takes to have an expansive skill set to be able to accomplish that. And we just even B. John Robinson, so I say he might have been underutilized because he should be in that club. Right. And I mean, think about this. That guy should be in that club. And think when he got to the NFL, he had 55 touchdowns. He had 12 rushing, 31 receiving, 10 punt returns, and two kickoff returns. His 12 returns for touchdowns was the third most in NFL history behind Devin Hester and Brian Mitchell. His 10 punt returns for touchdowns was the NFL record until 2011 when Devin Hester broke it with the Carolina, against the Carolina Panthers. We're talking about underappreciated running backs. <laughs> that dude's that in dude that conversation. Coldest, Even man. though we know how, he, how cold he was, he's yep. still in that conversation, man. Yep. Uh, he's a beast. Is he, is he coaching now? He's coaching at Rainier up in, in Washington. Okay. And he's got a son that is playing wide receiver at Prairie View A&M. Ooh, can he run like Pops? He, uh, you know, can't nobody run like I'll Pops. <laughs> Even Pops will tell you that now. You can't, hey, run, can't like run like me. Just what he say? Oh, like yeah, me. I'll definitely be on that Mount Russell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, honestly, like I said, if he was born – a few years, like 10, 15 years later, he had a shot to be on the Mount Rushmore. Right, for when sure. The, when the spread hit oh the, my big, the Big 12 in college, he, if he had been around that time, he'd had a chance to be on there because his stats would have been freaky. And just think about the Crazy. fact that he came from Maryland to come to uh, uh, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, you would have been in a bad spot if he would have went. Oh, excuse me, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia, Virginia okay. that's right. All right. Virginia. Yeah, uh, Virginia's some ballers. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, Virginia's got – there's a lot of talent in Virginia, no question about it. Uh, even a lot of the, uh, the college scouts will tell you that's one of those kind of hidden hubs of uh, fertile recruiting talent. Okay, let's get to our uh, off the record. We'll get to that coming up. We're live out here at Total Men's Primary Care, 2701 South Congress. Come on out here and join us. Toys for Tots, so bring an unwrapped toy with you and come on out and hang out with us for the kiddos. That's what it's all about. We'll be out here till 7 o'clock. So we still got time. Get off work. Stop by the store. Pick up a toy for the kiddos. Drop it on all out for, here for us at Total Men's Primary Care. We'll come right back with Off the Record. This is Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Now the Horn. D.D. 
Magadudu, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break my income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. We are looking live, by the way. We're hanging out here at Total Men's Primary Care at 2701 South Congress. Come on out here and join us. Uh, we'll be out here till 7 o'clock. The reason is for toys for tots, for the kiddos. Holiday season is coming up. Uh, there are some really unfortunate children out there who won't get toys for the holidays, and we want to try to make sure uh, that as many uh, toys as we can get out to those unfortunate uh, souls who don't really have means to get toys and resources to get those toys for the holidays, that we can get those to the kiddos. Looking for toys uh, anywhere from infant to 12 years old, so right around there. So if you're in the neighborhood, getting off work, uh, please stop by somewhere, pick up a toy, come on out here and drop it off. Toys for Tots at 2701 South Congress, Total Men's Primary Care. And a lot of you out there, I know you're thinking, man, Total Men's Primary Care, when was the last time I had a checkup? If you've asked yourself that question out loud or even in your head, you probably need to make an appointment with Total Men's Primary Care. There's one in your neighborhood. Actually, have Total Care Primary Care as well. So, yes, they, uh, they have great services for the men out there who need to make sure they're taking care of themselves, but also Total Care Primary Care for your family as well. So you can go check that out. All right. How about this? This little nugget came across my timeline, and I thought it was a fantastic little uh, football nugget. So it comes from the state of California. They're having their Texas high school, uh, sorry, their high school uh, ch- uh, playoffs as well, and their championship state title uh, weekend is coming up, I believe, this weekend, just like the state of Texas. So in California, there is a school called uh, Granada Hills, mm-hmm. Granada Hills Charter. This is actually uh, the home of John Elway. How about this little factoid? They, they're playing in the state title game this weekend. They haven't completed a pass all year long. That's outstanding. They're playing in a state title game and haven't completed a pass. That's almost like Liberty Hill. Yeah, I, I don't, you know what? I should go look at Liberty Hill stats because they got to be close to that. They got to got have, what, four or five? Uh, I'll, also, I'll look it up right I, now. Sometimes it might be single-digit completion for them. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched a ton, but I know they like to pound the rock. But according to Max Preps, Granada Hills has attempted seven passes in their 14 games. So they're averaging a half a pass attempt a game, uh, and they found zero receivers. Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding, <laughs> but terrible at the same time. Wow. Especially if they've actually tried passes. Yeah, no, they tried. You know what I'm Seven times. Yeah. And then the coach was like, oh, the hell with it. That's just run the rock. <laughs> Seven pass attempts, over, and they're playing in the state title game. I, I've never heard of a stat like that. That's crazy, man. Okay, so here we go. They've thrown 20. Ah, oh, there times, you go. But they're well, six of 20. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> six of 20. That's actually pretty good for them. Yeah. And 20 times they played how many games? 13, 14, 14 games? 14 okay. games. Yeah. And they've got 6,786 yards on the ground. I mean, do they have a, do they have a touchdown passing? And they got to catch somebody by surprise with that touchdown. They've got to have like two or three touchdown passes. 
Devin, did you catch anybody by surprise? Uh, yep, they got they got four touchdowns. Exactly. Because you're in that yeah. run the rock. Yeah. Everybody's coming down into the one box. One interception, <laughs> exactly. four touchdown passes. You know what? They do it every time. Yeah. The safety is like, oh, damn. I got sucked in. I got sucked in. And, and you it, can't even argue I'm with not the mad coach. at him. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm not mad at you. You're know? like, coach, they ran the ball 47 <laughs> exactly. straight times. And they threw it They threw it once. They got me, coach. I was like, yeah, you're right. I, I would not be mad at my DB. He's like, hey, man, what am I tell you? Stay disciplined on the pass. Hello, man. Don't get sucked in. Stay. Have eye discipline. Yeah, have eye discipline, man. <laughs> Keep your eyes on your receivers. Like, no, nah, man. We need every available man to help stop this damn running attack exactly. on Liberty Hill. Uh, so I feel it. And best to Liberty Hills, by the way. They're no playing uh, Port Netcher's Grove. Tonight. Uh, tonight, actually. So right. uh, best of luck to them. Hey. You're going to see a pass tonight. <laughs> Guarantee it. Guarantee I put Book money it. on it. Yeah, Book I put money on it. <laughs> uh, it might be a touchdown pass. I like that ratio. All right, we'll come back. We're live from Total Men's Primary Care. Come on out here and join us uh, because uh, you can, uh, you know, got a chance to get yourself in the holiday spirit. All right, and holiday spirit. Holiday is all about giving. It's all about uh, being right. charitable, and that's what we're doing. We got toys for tots. So a lot of young people out there, unfortunately, uh, that don't have the resources, don't have the means, they're not blessed enough uh, to have people in life they can provide them with toys for the holidays so we want to try to remedy that uh, toys for tots it, it's pretty full right now i like it i like what i'm seeing but yep, we want yep. to be overflowing so if you're in the neighborhood uh, you're getting off work please come on out here and donate some toys for the kiddos we'll be out until seven o'clock so you still got some time we'll come right back we'll get into baker mayfield's debut with the rams on Woo. the other side we'll discuss that also we'll talk about uh, the cowboys and the texans largest point spread in the nfl this year will the cowboys cover up the number. We'll discuss that and more NFL news notes and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.